Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now then, the Sounders with the ball on the edge of the penalty area. Rui Diaz, it deflects. Bruin towards goal, scores! Will Bruin on the field for barely 90 seconds. Give Seattle Sounders an opportunity with 15 minutes remaining here. We have a game on our hands in the Western Conference final. Right side, Rui Diaz scores! Seattle Sounders late on have found an equalising goal with their eyes on the prize. The MLS champions right back in the thick of things. And Minnesota United at the death can't hold on. And Seattle Sounders score. And the score... Right on the cusp of full time here is Seattle Sounders 2, Minnesota United 2. Modero left-footed, in-swinging, the header towards goal, it's in! Gustav Svensson with the late-winning goal here for Seattle Sounders. The champions march on. And of all the people to score the goal to win it for Seattle... It's Gustav Svensson with his first goal of the season to break Minnesota hearts. And the rave green march goes on to MLS Cup. Boy, I, first off, Callum Williams, my God, yeah, is dude. so good at play-by-play. That was on Score North last night. And uh, and second off, we have a million things on the show today. We need to carve out some time off the top here, Judd, Declan, to just welcome Minnesota United officially to Minnesota sports after oh, last man. night. I mean, they've been a part of Minnesota sports. They've been part of our family at Score North. But now they are officially, officially Minnesota sports. Let's be very after clear. After what just happened. Minnesota men's sports. That's true. Very clear. That's true. Although Whalen's team got beat by like 40 by Drake the other day. The, so. But the Lynx, the Lynx have championship rings. They do. Recently. That is true. It's the men that aren't holding up their end of the bargain. Classic. We'll talk about that. Uh, we haven't gotten into Kat's comments from the beginning part of the weekend yet. And it's Twins Tuesday which might actually uh, provoke a rant or two from us on the state of baseball. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping keep us uh, day-to-day here on the Mackey and Judd Show, and also helping business owners during this pandemic year. So Federated, uh, whether it's a pandemic year or a non-pandemic year, they're always looking to help business owners and give you some extra peace of mind. So they've created My Shield, which is your personalized online destination for risk management resources, for your business. My Shield is available 24/7 and can be accessed from a computer, tablet, smartphone or the My Shield app. If you want to find out more about how My Shield and Federated can help your business, go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet My Shield at Federated. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I feel like, so Minnesota United, I I think it's almost entirely a different subset of people and fans. And there's a lot of bright-eyed soccer fans that maybe aren't even Twins fans or, or Vikings fans. Or just like aren't quite as hardcore about those teams. And they've brought a different spirit and a different culture and a different way about organizing their fan base. The way that the, the way that the dark clouds sit ordinarily when there's fans. That's a fitting at the end name of the now, field, right? That's a very fitting name yeah. now. The dark clouds. And they and they like it's just such a unique group of fans. And I feel like with two minutes to go in that game last night, or it was like a minute to go when they're up two to one still. They're up two nil with fifteen minutes to go in the game. I don't know if they saw it coming, 
like other Minnesota sports fans saw come. Like if you're a Minnesota United, if you're a soccer fan or you're an expat and you're coming in like, this is great, we got a soccer team here now, this is amazing. I don't think it was on your mind, oh my God, Minnesota sports, big spot, Western Conference Finals, like something bad's probably going to happen. Well, welcome to the club of Minnesota sports, officially Minnesota United after what happened last night. Judd, how much were you watching that game? I watched... um Basically tuned in after the Bills Niners got done and saw the Loons go up 2-0 and thought to myself, 2-0 in soccer? This is a lot. This is going to be, I, I mean, I know the Sounders are a good team, but this is a large lead. It's not like hockey where it's the most dangerous lead. Yeah. You don't want to be And I saw people old. trying to tweet in soccer, 2-0 is dangerous, but I couldn't tell if they were joking no, or it's, not. it's not. But, There's no way it is. But I thought, but I was thinking to myself... <laughs> This seems like an insurmountable lead. And then, and then they started playing again. And the Sounders started pressuring. And the Loons completely went into what appeared to be the soccer version of a prevent defense or a shell. And I thought to myself, it's coming. It's coming. Just wait. It was as close the 2009 NFC title game territory as you can possibly get where the Vikings are driving down the field and Chip says to me, they're going to Super Bowl. And I said, just hold on a second. Just, it, just wait. It felt more 98 Vikings to me, not in that they were like this 15 and one juggernaut, but in that they had the big lead. They had the two score lead and, and they're in the second half and things feel pretty comfortable. And then all of a sudden, they just like are incapable of moving the ball offensively, incapable of stopping the opposing team. Can we also, not only in football, but apparently in soccer, just do away with prevent defenses? Why would you go away from something that's been working for the better part of you know, 75, 80 minutes in that situation? Or if, you know, if you're an NFL team, unless you're the Jets and there's one play left, maybe put some guys back in that up, spot. Because right? you're up 2-0 and you probably think it's a huge lead. but. It was remarkable from the feeling that I, I had from the time it went to 2-1, to one, the feeling that I had that the Loons were going to join the club. And it's a club that you, as a sports fan in this town, don't want to belong. Unfortunately, if you are a fan of, well, let's go through the teams. The Vikings for sure. Go for football for sure. <laughs> Terrible blown leads. <laughs> the Wolves don't really blow leads. It hasn't really happened to the Wolves much. They haven't been to the playoffs. Yeah, the twi- not, not in meaningful games. The Twins the twins lose a ton of playoff games, but in recent years, the vintage has not been the heartbreak. But, I mean, this was so, – so this was the question that I put out on Twitter, too. I think we need to – and this is going to sound sick. I think we need to separate – Minnesota sports heartbreak with postseason frustrations. Okay? 41 nothing in a conference title game is frustrating to watch, but it's not heartbreaking. I contend, as, as difficult as it was to watch the Vikings go to the conference championship game in 2017, I contend that that game got so out, out of hand against the Eagles, it was not heartbreaking. It was frustrating. Last night was heartbreaking. Like you were going to the MLS Cup, right? So you're saying heartbreaking is where you think you're going to win. Not like delusional, like but like the team right. looks like it's going to win. Right. And then it's ripped away from you. Mm-hmm. So someone just gave you a $50 bill and now they're taking it from you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I'm about to spend it. Like I am I have the bill out and I am about to hand it to the cashier <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, whoops, sorry. No." Yeah, That's that, what heartbreak is. Like, 98, heartbreak. 2009, heartbreak for sure. Now, now it, it was not to go to a championship game, but 2003, Michigan at the Metrodome. Yeah, Blair Walsh missing against the Seahawks, I would say, yep. is also heartbreak. I think that's like, Even though you were losing when he lined up for the kick, like, it's a 27-yard field goal. It's a complete chip shot. You're going to Arizona. Yep, the game is over. You're probably going to make a playoff run. So I think, I think we, we need to... Um, put into different compartments now, what's just frustrating, i.e. the Twins, 18 consecutive playoff defeats, um, and what is absolutely heartbreaking, which is what last night to me qualifies as. Here's what I would like to examine, too, because almost every time this happens to a Minnesota sports team, it's really hard to just dust yourself off and come back 
the next year or the next week or whatever it is. Most of the time your season's over when this happens because we're talking about playoff games. What advice would you give to the Loons now that they've experienced this? This is just this raw, terrible feeling that other teams have experienced time and time again in this town. What would you tell them about how to handle it going forward? What's the lesson they should be taking away here? Sports dad stories. Boy. If they didn't play in this town, I I would say that they actually overcame the odds to get to where they got to, played a better team, and they collapsed, but it was at least against a a championship-caliber Seattle team. But because they play here, I would tell them this. Get used to the heartbreak. Get used to it. It's your destiny. Like, if you don't want this, get traded, hit free agency, sign elsewhere. But it appears that when it comes to, I don't know what triggered when when Geno Larkin hit that ball to left field that night, game seven, 91, and Dan Gladden touched home plate. I don't know what that triggered. But it triggered something, my man. It triggered something. Like, I had no, I was 21. I had no idea. I had no idea that that was going to be the expiration date for championships. You probably thought there's a a better likelihood of a Twins dynasty, because Puckett's in his prime still, right? That there's a better chance of the Twins winning back-to-back World Series than no men's team winning anything for the next 30 years. Yes. Well, I mean, here's, here's the thing, too. Think back to the Vikings when the Vikings lost to Washington on on the ball that Darren Nelson almost caught, which was in the '87 NFC Championship game. Okay, think about if you had told me or somebody at that point in time <laughs> that was tough. The Vikings though aren't going to a Super Bowl for the next thirty plus years. You'd be like, no way, right? No way. They're going to a... Yeah, you're crazy. They're at least going. They'll probably win one, if not two. And here we sit, though. Here we sit. With this... It's not only that the Vikings don't make the Super Bowl or that the Twins don't make the World Series or that the Loons last night, this upstart club, does not make the MLS Cup. It's not just that. It's the fashion in which they insist on ripping our hearts out. How sick is it? How sick is this? When they gave up the goal, the third goal, in extra time last night, I literally, in a Charles Manson cackle, started laughing to myself. (laughs) It wasn't because it was funny. It's because I'm sick in the head because I keep watching this. I think my advice going into next year would be, Brace yourselves for some sort of terrible downfall. (laughs) And I say that with love in my heart, okay? (laughs) This was your chance to win a championship. I don't want to hear, like, you know, I'm sick of treating some of these, like, like the links. You know, sometimes Shale Reeve gets ruffled when people criticize her when things happen. You know, the fallout with Simone Augustus or, listen, like, if you want to be taken Seriously, among the the likes of the Vikings and the Twins and the, well, I was going to say the Timberwolves, the Vikings and the Twins, because um, they at least go to the playoffs on a regular basis. You, you, you have to deal with the discussions that happen on days like today, too. And what I would say going forward is, if this follows the pattern of other Minnesota sports teams, you nailed it. It's the fashion in which you lost. If you would have walked in last night, Yes, Seattle's favored. It's the defending champion. And you're still sort of this upstart MLS franchise that's still, you're in the early stages of building this MLS franchise. And you probably arrived to the Western Conference Finals through shrewd offseason moves and transfers quicker than you thought you would when you were launching. Maybe, you know, maybe some people behind the scenes would say, no, we thought this was going to be, you know, boom, three years and we're ready to rock and roll, four years, whatever it's been. But what I would say is just because you were underdogs in this game, doesn't mean that like it makes the loss easier to swallow. I would worry about feelings of resentment creeping in because I think this is what happens sometimes when you lose a game like that. And this happens with the Vikings. 
you're less likely to come back next year, shake it all off, and feel like, yeah, all right, whew, that was rough, but we're ready to go this time around. More often than not, it's, wow, we had, that was our freaking chance. We were up 2-0 you know, in the 76th minute of that game. You start to feel like, you start to question, well, why, like, who's to blame? Why, why did we do this? Why did we play this way strategically? Yeah. And that lingers in your head all offseason. Like, you're going to have to fight that for months and months just to avoid a hangover in 2021. It didn't feel to me like, and maybe I'm just being negative, it didn't feel to me like, oh, man, this is the start of, like, a run. This, it felt to me like that was the opportunity last night yeah. and against Columbus this upcoming week. And you just gave up three goals in the last 15 minutes. Like, it just feels terrible. Forget them. Not going to put a silver lining on it. Forget them. Let's talk about us. How are we to the point where we expect this, though? Like, I literally saw that first goal and I thought, oh, here it comes. Here it (laughs) comes. Like, how are we there? What do you mean? That's a ridiculous question. What do you mean, how are we we there? Because that's been the last 30 years. What are you even asking? But this is a whole different different franchise. And and I'm still expecting it. And they give up the third goal and I'm laughing. Like, Dawn's like, why are you laughing? I said, it's not funny. But the loons just blew it. I was too. My wife was like half asleep. and And I literally yelled out, holy, like, Wait, bad, bad words. She's like, what? I said, they just lost. <laughs> I don't even know. But think about I don't even know why, but they just lost. But think about that. God. But think about that. Like, this is another men's sports franchise indoctrinated into the failure that seems to come from, I don't know, drinking yeah. the water here. I love them more because this happened, though, now. Now, now it's like, yes. Well, yes. You feel, you feel what all of the other teams have felt. This is great. Now you can now you can sit and swirl your bourbon at the bottom of your glass and tell the same stories. You've got a better scar story than the Wild probably have. Because yep. all the, all the, the Wild playoff year. games, really, they, they're always down 3-1 and they come back, right? Yep. Like, well, and th- they didn't... So when, when they made the run to the Western Conference Finals in their third year in 2003, too, keep in mind, they actually, what, won game seven in OT against the Avs, won game seven in the second round against the Canucks and then got blown out. So the why I don't think the Wild I think you could make a pretty good case. I don't think the Wild has any real heartbreak as far as playoffs go. I mean know? and even the game six loss to the Blackhawks in the semifinal yeah. round, that that random Patrick Kane overtime loser, which which stunk. But that I would teeter that was more on the frustrating side than the heartbreaking side. Oh, I was because you were yeah. you essentially. I mean, you pushed the defending cup champions to six games in the semifinals, and for Minnesota sports and where the wild word that was, as Royce loves to say, a moral victory. Like that was you looked at that as a whole, and you're like, wow, like actually, this is a start of something. This will be fine. It's yeah. a, it's it's stunk out loss, but it's going to propel to something more. Now and if, it didn't. Now if they had been up in that game three to nothing at some point or four rip at some point in time and blown it, that's different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was this credit to the loons in this was the full Minnesota sports experience. God, it was amazing, like they man. got the whole platter like they're they're like, we want the one hundred dollar platter of the Minnesota sports experience. And I just want to I want to play this a, a because I love listening to Callum Williams call play by play of anything. But uh, but these are this is what it sounds like on the roller coaster ride up. This, these are the unexpected goals. Not unexpected, but like the unexpected 2-0 lead as you thought, oh my God. It will be the left foot of Reynoso. Oh, brilliant. Emmanuel Reynoso scores for Minnesota United in the Western Conference final. The inventive undone by the investment as Minnesota United lead in Seattle in the Western Conference final. Reynoso's ball in, headed towards goal and in for Kenji Bassi. Two goals in two games. A goal drenched in Minnesotan soccer history. A goal against the Golden Standards to yield a truly golden moment as Minnesota have the champions by the throat. Yeah, that's the thing. By the throat. By the throat. They did. Oh my God! I'm not. Oh, I just. I feel terrible for them. I really do. But, <laughs> but this is what these. This is. This is. This is it, man. This is Minnesota sports. Um, let's keep. Let's. We have a bunch of things we have to get into. It's Twins Tuesday. We'll get to that in a second. But 
Was it Friday that Carl Anthony Towns? Yes. I think it was like late Friday he afternoon. Zoom on Friday afternoon. That's exactly right. I saw something pop in my inbox when I was already a cocktail deep at like four yep. o'clock or something. Hey, he's on a Zoom right now. Yeah. Um, so this is Carl Anthony Towns. Just play a couple clips. He's had a terrible year. His mom died of COVID. He unveiled that multiple other family members have died of COVID, and the media just wanted to know, sort of, how are you? And uh, what's your state of mind? It always brought a smile for me when I saw my mom at the baseline and uh, the stands and stuff and having a good time uh, watching me play. So it's going to be hard to play. Um, It's going to be difficult to say that this is therapy. I don't think this will ever be therapy again for me, but it gives me a chance to uh, relive good memories. So I I, I guess that's the only therapy I'm going to get from it. It's not going to really help me emotionally or anything. She's told me that through all the situations I've had in my career that, were, that you know, could have had me act a different way and, and act like a man that doesn't have no professionalism or have no, uh, no morals and values. But, you know, she keep me, she always kept me and kept reminding me about staying on the up and up and doing what's right, regardless of the situation, regardless of how you be looked on as, and regardless of the, the, the backlash and turmoil you're going to get. If you stay true to yourself and stay true to the to the man you are, things will always work out in the long run. I'm just trying trying my best to keep my family safe, you know, just like my mom. So I'm trying to keep my sister, the kids, my dad out of harm's way, keep my family out of harm's way. I, you know, I've seen a lot of coffins in the last seven months, but eight months. But uh, you know, I have a lot of people who are you know, who have in my family, my mom's family, who have gotten COVID and. I'm the one looking for answers still, trying to find how to keep them healthy. So, um, you know, it's just a lot of responsibility. You know, a lot of responsibility on me to keep my family well-informed and to uh, make all the moves necessary to keep them alive. So the, I think the main takeaways are this is a terrible year for him, and he's sort of, you know, he's picking himself up by the bootstraps, and he's showing up to work, and he's punched in. But he doesn't really view basketball as therapy for him. And he says it's going to be really hard to play with just the weight of everything that's happened this year. So what were your main thoughts when you, when you saw some of these quotes and now that you've sort of heard the context and and heard him speak in his voice, Judd, my main, my main thought was, wow. I I mean, he's what 25, 26. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a young man and to have gone through and lost his mom, uh, and I think he said, what, six or seven um, members of his family besides that have had COVID. And I think the day before he had lost, he said an uncle. Uh, here's what I'll say, which is probably brutally honest about what I heard, but it's not, to be clear, a criticism of Carl Anthony Towns, okay? I heard a guy that I don't think is prepared in any way, shape, or form to play basketball, but I don't blame him. Um, but, I mean, he definitely does not sound like a guy who is in a, a good place. And I've always said I really think to play sports um, professionally especially, right, like against the best uh, potentially players in the world, that your entire focus, for the most part, has to be on that sport. And Carl Anthony Towns right now doesn't seem like he's near that. But with what he's gone through and his mom now um, being um, gone and his dad having gone through it, and I I think hopefully he's fine now. But the point being is I felt on Friday like I was listening to a guy who was uh, distracted not all there, and probably not completely prepared in any way to play his sport. But again, Phil, I also don't blame him. It's very tough, I'm sure. Yeah, I I think two or three thoughts come to mind. Um, I agree with everything you just said, which is you just feel bad for him. You just like you want to be able to you hope that people can say the right thing or or guide him in the right way to help him turn this corner. But ultimately, it's a process for him that's going to be very personal and it's going to take him as long as it's going to take him. I mean, everyone in this room has lost at least a parent, uh, multiple in some cases and in some cases unexpectedly. So I think all of us can sort of empathize with just the, the feeling of losing a parent as he's going through. And I think the fact that he doesn't view basketball as a therapeutic outlet is sort of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And this is just like personal experience and I'll let you guys speak for yourselves, but my mom died 
fairly unexpected. Like she got cancer and then died seven months later, and so we had a we we had a seven month runway to say goodbye at least. But it was she was sixty one going on forty spiritually. Like she was just you always thought she was gonna live till she was ninety, and so for her to be gone, me in my early thirties, only child, it was it was heartbreaking. And I found that talking to people who went through similar experiences was super helpful. And then immersing myself back into work, and I love my work, was also super helpful and therapeutic. And again, everyone's different, but it kind of like if if you don't view your work as therapeutic, I can't imagine how torturous it would be because yeah. you would just think it's all meaningless. And uh, I didn't, I guess I would, if you would have asked me before he took to the Zoom press conference on Friday, do you think going back to his teammates and his friends and D'Angelo, and he's close with these guys, and Akogi and Ryan Saunders, he's got great relationships with these guys. He's a great basketball player. Do you think that's going to be helpful for him? I would have said, oh, my God, it's probably going to be huge for him. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't think that it's going to be huge, in fact, he might, he thinks it's going to be the opposite of huge, breaks my heart for him um, and probably even like raises questions about whether he really actually loves basketball or not, if it's sort of a burden on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine not having that outlet. And if he feels like he doesn't, then I can't imagine what his next few months are going to be like. So I, I, I really hope he's like seeing a therapist or talking to somebody in his life to help pull him out of this because those comments were pretty dark on, on Friday. Yeah, I, I think um, kind of touch, touching on what you said, Phil, like my work – was therapeutic for me when I lost my mom, which was completely unexpected. So, you know, that happened on a Wednesday and then I took time just that weekend, but opening day was the following Monday, five days later. And I was going to be damned if I wasn't there. Like I wasn't just going to sit there for me and, and mourn and sorrow and, and sulk. And that's totally acceptable and totally okay if someone wanted to do that. But for me, it was going back to work. It was doing something that I had meaning for and it was doing something my mom would want me to do. So she would not want me to be sitting there and sulking. At the same time, that's not an indictment on Carl. It's it's just like Phil said, it's heartbreaking that if something that you are so good at and you love and you're passionate about and mm-hmm. you're not able to find some type of peace and happiness when you're going through something traumatic like that, that that's going to be a very complicated situation for him. There, there's a incredibly telling quote within the uh, context of that Zoom, though, with Kat that basically tells you what you need to know and the difference between what he does and what guys like us do. And it's this, he talks about the fact that so many people who loved him, mom, especially in in his case, um, he loved to play basketball for them. Like they derived, he knew that they derived joy from watching him, right? Like we come to work and selfishly we enjoy our work and we do our work for, Largely us, like yeah, right. Fair. Like we like to watch sports. We like to talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cat is is a guy who is incredibly talented at what Cat does. He knows that his family does too. Uh, it, it's afforded him a great life, and it afforded him the opportunity to have a lot of people who are probably very proud of him watch him excel. But that doesn't necessarily translate to basketball was. Or is his thing? Yeah, that's that's what I'm having trouble figuring out is the is the fact that he views basketball as a burden out of this. What does does that have any sort of correlation with how he feels about basketball in general, or is it just he is so overwhelmed by how this year has just punched him in the gut that nothing really is therapeutic for him? Might be like, are there things that are therapeutic for him if he could choose and really like? He's he's got enough money where he probably could choose to just do whatever he wants. Like if he decided, honestly, like just based on what's happened in my life and what's happened, I and maybe I'm just not that into basketball anymore. Like if he really wanted to, he could probably just do whatever he wanted to do. My question is, does he love basketball? And it's just that there's nothing in the world that can make him feel better right now, or it's therapeutic, or is it that the things that have happened in his life have given him a little more clarity on what he wants to do with his life and basketball wasn't as high on that list as maybe he thought a couple of years ago when he says I played basketball less for me and more for my parents and my mom and the joy that they get out of watching me that doesn't sound like a productive way to live your life 
I'm only doing this because I make a lot of money and because other people get joy in seeing me play does not seem like a long-term sustainable way to be happy. And so on a human level, I hear that and I'm like, wow, dude. So you're, are you like trapped doing something you hate? And maybe I'm taking it too far and just reading into his comments too much, but that's where my mind he went when I heard it. that stuff. Well, but I, I don't think, I, I think hate's way too strong a word. I think the reality for Carl probably and lots of guys uh, is that they don't hate what they do, but they don't love it. And I, I think that we need to face this too. As sports fans, I think we watch teams and players and think, man, a lot of they all love it, right? Like you're a baseball player, you love baseball, football. The reality is, I think that there's probably very few guys compared to what we think who truly quote love it. I think that there's lots of of people who are talented athletes and excel and they make a lot and they get attention and that's awesome. So, so they are more than willing to go down the path of how does that uh, attention continue? How do I continue to get paid a lot to do this? But when it comes to so-and-so loves, think about this. How many sane people do you really think at the end of the day love playing football? It's a brutal life. Your head gets bashed in. Your body, I mean, Dalvin Cook is going to turn 40 and probably limp. So mm-hmm. I guess my question is, when, when we think about, you know, football players love football. Okay, Brett Favre does. I get that. And I'm sure people do. But it's an insane life. And so to actually think, oh, they all love it. No way. Like, do you really think if, if you can pay me millions for eight to ten years, I'll take it. But. And it's great because I can support my my wife and my kids and my family and I can buy homes. But do you really think that the majority of men who play football like love the, the fact that they wake up the day after a game and essentially admit it feels like I was in a car yeah. accident? Yeah, no way. And I and I and just to clarify, if he if he doesn't really feel fulfilled or or he doesn't feel like basketball is therapeutic. I'm not ripping him for that. I just want to be clear, like live your life how you want to live your life. Uh, but to what, to what you're saying, sometimes you get, because you're tall and you're athletic and you, and you have a chance to make a lot of money, or if you're Brian McKinney and you happen to just have a frame that's 330 pounds or whatever, and you can move guys around, sports are different and that you get locked into this path that maybe doesn't fill your cup as much. And, um, I guess it remains to be seen here if if basketball is something that's going to fill his cup on a human level, or if uh, or if he just need maybe he maybe he just needs some time to get back into a, a normal routine and you know check back in in a month from now and he'll feel like man just being around other people who I'm friends with that have lost parents. Ryan Saunders lost a parent unexpectedly at a young age. Ricky Rubio was probably way too young when it was, it was his mom died. Right, Ricky yeah. Rubio. Yep. So there's there's guys on the team that he's close with that can maybe help him just find those different things in his mind to well, I think what helped me personally was two things. One, when 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 a, when someone dies unexpectedly whether it's a parent or a sister, brother or a friend or whatever, like it really makes you think about your own place in life and what are the things that I am pouring energy into and what are the things that I feel are important? It's it's a just a natural reset and reevaluation period. Uh, in your life, and you, and you go through that process. But then the, I think the the other thing that happens when you lose someone who you're close to is you try to figure out, this is just me anyways, how can I pick up that torch and move forward with it and live my life and carry some of the things that maybe they would want me to do, but also like in my own way, uh, but really that pick up someone's torch and walk forward with it mindset and I'm sure he's thinking about all this stuff and he's it's tough because he probably just wants like three to six more months to hit the reset button and figure this all out. But guess what? The NBA season starts and, you know, you feel like I make he makes twenty five, thirty million dollars a year and he's the leader of this team. And it's like he probably feels that burden and that pressure, too. Right. So can't imagine, man. It's got to be tough for him. Um, Any other thoughts from you guys before we get into little little twins Tuesday speculation? I don't think so. I, I just think mostly it's it's finding. I th- I think Carl has purpose, and I think people rely on Carl. 
Obviously, this organization relies on Carl, and I'm sure that mu- that can be also looked at as a burden. But if your own self is not, if you're not happy with your own self and you're not ready to be in that position, then you need to take the time for yourself. And I know that is not necessarily what Timberwolves fan, just in the back, an NBA fan wants to hear right now. But if you're not happy with what you're doing, and even if you're still getting fulfillment from something else that's external, you have to marry those two. Like you, those two have to be in unison. And if he's not happy with the way he's at in life right now, then he has to figure that out. He's what, 25 as he's well? And and he basically said to, to, during the course of that Zoom that he has had to take care of what? six or seven people in his family. Mm-hmm. And like, he's the guy who's like trying to go to, to them with answers for what to do. And th- think about that for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're 25, a you're a kid. And like you're that, that would be, that's an incredible. And I think it's a fair word to use. That's an incredible burden. Yeah. It's well, it's a burden, but it's also like, if, if you're lot. looking to spin it forward and you're looking to, for that silver lining and like at some point he's going to have to turn the corner. These things are all making him better as a person and a leader and a human and a friend and a coworker. Like, if channeled the right way, this is going to make him way better in a lot of areas. I told you it before, just sucks right now. I told you too. I think that he, he comes off to me, just from the outside standpoint, Phil, as a good guy. Like he might be, he might actually be too nice of guy, and and a, a guy that concerns himself with other people uh, too much. To be that elite mindset Kobe type, because like those guys when they played, literally didn't care. Like they cared about one thing: mm-hmm. winning and championships, right? And we're gonna—I'm just gonna drag everyone with me. Yes, and yeah. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you. I and if you don't want to be on the train, I will toss you off. Uh, Carl strikes me as a very concerned, caring, and. Again, I don't know Carl, but just from his quotes and his actions, and that's a lot to carry when you're also then expected to be, when the game starts, that alpha who is going to just be tough. Yeah, he. I think he probably puts a lot of thought into everybody on the train, right? And yeah, so, that's, and my, that's yeah. good. Like, but he's not going to toss yeah. him off. LeBron does too, by the way. LeBron's much more of a like wants to connect with everyone, and he'll get frustrated. But then, like, he'll welcome J.R. Smith back to the Lakers. <laughs> if J.R. Smith pulled that crap in a finals game that he pulled in Game One like three years ago, where he forgot what the situation was, and 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 I put up like 50-point triple-doubles, and this dude comes in, just wipes it up. Be, he wouldn't be on my next team. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think you're exactly right on that. So anyhow, uh, I guess we wish Carl Anthony Towns the best as he tries to figure this out. Um, Twins Tuesday, real quick, we're going to get a call from our guy Randy in Cottage Grove in like five or ten minutes, too. And I got a feeling that his stud stable is going to need oh some space to explore. But Twins Tuesday. We're going to win Twins Score. The latest in free agency, real quick, and then I, I need to throw something out that I thought we were done with last year, but apparently we're not. So Declan took to the Score North Twitter account yesterday to post a report, I think from Doogie, right? Had yeah. the Kike Hernandez. Yep. Uh, so takes the Score North Twitter account. Here's a, here's a report from Doogie that the Twins have some interest in free agent super utility player Kike Hernandez, right? Yep. Kike Hernandez would be a good Kiki. Could play any position, just be a good little addition, right? Yeah. The first comment, literally the first comment, the first at reply on that tweet I saw yesterday was from a Twins fan saying something along the lines of, like he was he was ripping the post for assuming the Twins would ever land a big-name free agent. Like, get back to us. And by the way, Kike isn't even a big-name free agent. He's just a yeah. guy. But but And then there's multiple others in the same vein. Maybe I'm just like picking a small segment on Twitter here, but the narrative that the Twins are never going to do anything in free agency. Is this still a thing after they signed Josh Donaldson to a $100 million contract last year? Are Very we still so. doing this? Oh, yeah. 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 Because, really? because it's lazy. It's easy. And yes, I, I don't. I think that as long as the Polad family owns this baseball team, that there will be a certain segment. And it's probably not huge now, but there w- that will exist yep. where this will always be a thing. Cheap poll ads. And you know what? You know what, boys? Some of it's driven by the media. It really is. So, yes, I don't think that this is going until the poll ads, if and when someday they sell th- this club, I don't think that that narrative is going to be completely dead and buried. I really don't but like they. 
Josh Donaldson. And I know what you're saying. And Josh Donaldson, you could argue, uh, is more of a bust of a signing at this point than you know than a fulfilling signing. But he's got he's got a lot to prove here, especially that he wasn't able to physically get on the field for their playoff games. That's the reason why you signed him is to help win games like those games against the Astros. So I don't know if they have to move him off third base, but the fact that they went out and signed a guy who just like three years earlier had won the American League MVP award was still putting up 30 bombs and 95 ribs and playing gold glove defense at third base. He's not named Trevor Bauer. They, though. they overpaid him. Yeah. They, they they took a risk on a guy who gets hurt sometimes, but has an, is an MVP caliber player and they overpaid him. Probably get back to me when you sign Trevor Bauer, Mackey. <laughs> yeah. Get back to me then. Okay. But is that is that what's going to happen if they don't, let's say, let's say Trevor Bauer signs a five-year contract for $150 million somewhere else. Yeah. Are we going to do this again where the, we're going to just <laughs> savage the twins because Trevor Bauer wanted to play in Los Angeles or the twins weren't willing to give $30 My million a year to, to a 29-year-old pitcher? Is this, if that happens and it's going to drive you crazy, if twins fans are going to do the same song and dance, stay off Twitter because yes, some will. <laughs> There's no question. Totally. Like Twitter has opened itself up to, for twins fans, there being a segment who will always, always, every guy that signs be like t- typical twins. But here's they the, weren't in on him. But here's the other thing that, and I can't tell if it's like five percent or fifty percent of. I know that it's. I know that it's a certain sports talk station that pushes some of this stuff too. Hmm. So the other thing that happens is they make a trade for Kenta Maeda, right? And he puts up ridiculous numbers. He almost throws a no-hitter, and he finishes second, right, in the Cy Young Award voting, and then shoves in a postseason game to validate the entire season. He is a great starting pitcher. Is he Max Scherzer in his prime? No, but he's he's one of the 25 best starting pitchers in all the baseball, pretty easily Kenta Maeda. The rip on him is that, well, he only makes $3 million. Of course they traded for a guy who only makes $3 million. Rather than signing a guy who makes thirty, it's another example gotta, of the poll that's dude. being cheap. I hear that one all the time, too. It's a thing. Like, it, it, this is a legitimate it is. thing. You've got to town. start staying off Twitter. No, I'm Because they're not going to I am uh, shining a light on no, this I know, idiocy. But, but they don't care. Like, you're never going to get them to change. It's easy, it's lazy, and they think it's fun. You know what the Twins should do? They should back up the Brinks truck for no reason. Maeda's under contract for like three or four more years at $3 million a year. They should back up the Brinks truck, those cheap poll ads, and just give him an extra $25 million a year. Go just, Phil Hughes? Just go, you yeah. remember the Phil Hughes? <laughs> you pitch so well, we're going to give you a long-term deal to do a baseball card show on YouTube. <laughs> it's a great show. He's got like yeah. 30,000 subscribers it's on his YouTube channel. <laughs> I never expected that, that Phil Hughes would turn into a baseball card guy. He, you know, he, he literally, for anyone who hasn't seen it, Phil Hughes has a baseball card YouTube channel. And he has an overhead cam, and he literally just like opens new packs of baseball cards to see if there's any hidden gems in them. I know, That's it's hilarious. Channel. It's great. We should do that. I'm sure we'd make a killing. It's baseball cards are like baseball cards are back for sure. Back. I got to sell mine. I got a ton at home. The other thing I wanted to get into, but I think we should just save it for maybe tomorrow's show because I think it's a longer conversation. Yep. Is the fact that. Nelson Cruz, for instance, is still sitting out there waiting to sign because he doesn't know if the National League is going to have a DH. And now Major League Baseball came out and said, yeah, just uh, proceed like there's not going to be any rule changes. We don't really know. We haven't really talked yet. Yes. There's a there's a whole discussion to be had there. No runner on second to start the 10th. All of that right now is gone. Maybe. Uh, we don't know But yet. then it won't be gone if they well, can do a new an agreement, an addendum. And by the way, we'll talk at some there's point. probably still going to be a, a lockout and or strike before the 2022 season. But uh, I don't know. We don't know. But so. enjoy it. See but you enjoy it. What? Oh, my God. Let's do, let's do it tomorrow. All right. Let's do Because I, I also have... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, there's, there's another thing just to tease ahead for tomorrow. Baseball has an underrated huge problem that we haven't even... Of all the things we've shined a light on this calendar year, there's one that we haven't, and it's just so evident right now. But we'll do that on tomorrow's show because we got to get to our guy Randy and Cottage Grove in a second. After we dust off another Songs by the U-Log, <laughs> Mackie and Judd classic. All right, you young Timberwolves, ready to start developing? I'd say we are. Yeah, let's start winning. Okay, Carl. Okay. Okay, Wiggins. Okay. Okay, Levine. Levine. Levine! Okay. 
Playoff basketball is near. If we play some key this year, we've been bad, but this won't last. Hurry deep and hurry fast. Tip tells us defend the hoop. Me, I want an alley oop. We can hardly stand the weight. These defense don't be late. Okay, fellas. Now you're still giving up 110 points per game defensively. But I am starting to see some improvement. Your three-point shot has improved quite a bit, Wiggins. Naturally. And Carl, man, I'm impressed by some of your low post moves, especially against those veteran big men. Keep up the good work. <laughs> now, Levine, I got to be honest, you have to start playing some better pick-and-roll defense. You hear me, Levine? Levine. Levine! Okay. Tip tells us defend the hoop. I still want an alley-oop. We can hardly stand the weight. Please defense, don't be late. We can hardly stand the weight. Please defense, don't be I don't know, uh, Joe. We're getting better um, in in a lot of areas. You know, defensively, we didn't start out the season very good. Um, we continue to get better. Uh, last two weeks, we played better and better. Um, even missing some of the guys that we were missing, but um, uh, you know, we we still haven't put it all the way together yet. And if we if we do that, then I think we have a chance to be pretty good. Football. Do you buy that? Do you buy that that the Vikings haven't put it all together yet? I feel like that Packers game they kind of put it all together. I think I it, like there's been a couple games where they've put it. I don't know, like what they're not like they don't have like a Chiefs level of put it all together in, in them, Mike's so. in Mike's mind. I, I think he thinks the defense can be good, like really good. It can be okay. So it's not going to be. That's my guess. Real good. Um, is that Randy in Cottage that, Grove uh, getting off the elevator from the bar? Is there an elevator bar? Are you in a bar somewhere, Randy? Yeah, I don't. Uh, who, who is the guy? Uh, who, who's that who just said that we haven't put it together? Zim. <laughs> no, that was Judd. Judd Zim said, said it. it, and I agreed. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think we're losing Randy here. Yeah, he's. You got uh, hello, Randy. Are you there, Randy? We're back. <laughs> okay, Randy. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully he calls back, I guess. Well, see, I, yeah, he told me off the microphone that... We don't uh, have his number. He just calls us right, on right. Tuesdays. He, uh, you know, he told me he had a date, and I, I said, oh, is it with, you know, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians? He said, well, yeah, that too. But it sounded like he had another one as well. He has like a... So he has an actual date? I think so. All right. Football. I think we got it back. I'm, I'm more curious. I mean, the stud stable is one thing. I'm more curious right. about... Uh, hey, Randy, we uh, we heard you told Declan that you have a date. I, I, well, I, he may have read it on my Twitter. Oh, uh, no, you you told me verbatim when you called the first time just two minutes ago. Oh, I tell a lot of people. I'm excited. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I got, it's my first time uh, back in the uh, in the wild. She she a football fan? <laughs> I don't know. It's a uh, what's what they call a blind date. Oh, a blind date! Oh, I'm looking at your Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, blind date. Very exciting stuff, Randy. Where are you guys going to go? Uh, well, she's pretty worried about the virus, so uh, we're going to both wear a mask, which might actually be good for me. Uh, yeah. Sort of help my cause. Yeah, it's uh, okay. And then, uh, hey, you know what? Gonna... Women women are more into personalities than they are into That's looks, right. so you should be okay. I've got I I I'm passionate. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I've dated over the years, well, before I was married, 
been a while, or but they the like my fire. I bet. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. What What, what are the qualities that really, uh, really light your fire when it comes to women, Randy? You mean what kind of gets me going uh, in the bedroom? I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> thinking about you in the bedroom as I asked that question, but wherever you want to go with that answer, sure. Well, you know, I, I like... Uh, I, I, I do like a full figure. Uh, it's just sort of a preference. I'm a, I'm a bigger guy and uh, works out better that way. If, if we can kind of both, uh, you know, have a little cushion for the pushing. Uh, but uh, like I said, <laughs> this is you. when I was on uh, Ashley Madison, I, you know, I never really went through with any of it. But the gals that I was, uh, ex- shall we say, exploring, were a little full figure, a little more, a little more like in the in the trenches physiques. Yeah, hardworking, you know, good hardworking women. That's when you got caught, right, by your wife, which led to the subsequent d- divorce, which I hope is finalized now that you're going out on blind dates. She saw it on the credit card statement. Yeah, uh, uh, they they said it was going to be discreet, mm. and it wasn't. Oh boy, Happy or she so figured so. out. She googled uh, what that charge was for mm. uh that we are the divorce is finalized yes that's good that's good all right um well what else what do you have a stud stable the vikings are back to 500 so. yeah who who is the guy who who said that they haven't played their best yet was, was that jim yeah it was jim jim yeah jim said it and we didn't agree yeah and he's right they they, they they got a lot lot left in the tank uh I don't know if you saw it Sunday, but pretty complete effort. They could have won that game several different times. Um, yeah, it felt like they were sleepwalking a little bit there. Maybe they could have uh, maybe not fumbled inside the five-yard line. I'm with you. They, they probably could have played better against the Jaguars. I'm not going to fight you there. No, they, they did play. They played great. They played so great they could have won the game several different times. What, is that, what does that even mean? Wait, you're saying they played great in the first half? They were down. Yeah, they at first, you know, kind of just letting sizing it up, getting a sense of uh, the opponent, and then the second, they had many different times they could have won, and then they did win. So that's the way I look at it. They 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 won that game multiple times. All right, yeah, I guess that's that's okay. It's one way to they have ten wins yeah, they're, now. They're, they're, they're solid. They're yeah, so, go, yeah, so they're, they're ten, ten, ten and six. They, they have ten wins now, right, Randy? Because they won that game so many times. I hope so, and they should have actually eight wins because of the couple of hose jobs. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So they're going to beat. Uh, we, I should say, we are going to beat Tampa Bay, and um, Tom Brady. He's a shell of himself, uh, and I don't want to hear about. Oh, the Vikes have never beat Brady. They're going to beat him now, and 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 I told someone last week. I'll bet you my kegerator that we're going to go ahead and uh, beat beat Jacksonville. And we did. So I'll, I'll, I'll double down. I, I would bet my kegerator and my Jagerator that we're going to go ahead and beat Tampa. Whoa. Uh, which which one do you value more, the kegerator or the Jagerator? Well, I, the Jagerator I got from a guy who whose bar went under is one of those four-bottle ones. So you, you put four handles of Jag in it, and it, it keeps you going for at least a week. <laughs> Yeah, I would think you might be able to get at least it, six, seven, it eight days. It keeps you out of going, sure. or it puts you out for a week. It keeps you going. It put a little tiger in your tank. Yeah, Judd, a little tiger. I'm sick. At, at fifty-one, this. this tank don't need no tiger. This gal that that I'm meeting uh, this weekend, if she's uh, if she doesn't like the egg, it's over. So, do you bust that question out early, or do you do? You, are you polite? Like, what? When do you I'm ask her about the egg? Bring a little traveler and just say, "Hey, uh, do you want to want a bump?" And then I bring a little little solo cup because of COVID. Who's driving here, Randy? We're meeting at a, a park. I don't have a I don't have my license currently. It's probably the safest place. Yeah, I probably gotta just walk to it. Did you just say a park? park. Yep, yeah, uh, public park, Winter Park. I wonder if we should alert Winter the authorities. Winter Park was a great place. I loved, used to love to drive around out there. <laughs> you ever sit in that it was, boat? It was called stocking. 
the Vikings have a restraining order against you. Well, the day that, that the day that Brett landed and did the whole helicopter, I was out there. Were you the one in the chicken suit? Excuse me. Were you wearing a chicken? There was a guy in a chicken suit out yeah. there when Brett Favre arrived. I remember. Was that no, you? I was in, in my normal sort of purple stuff. Okay. Oh, purple stuff. Okay. You were one of hundreds. Hey, Randy, so how, how, hey, how, many, the, uh, how many, how many, real quick, before you get to the stud stable, are we going to have enough uh, blind dates here to maybe do uh, a dating stud stable at some point, or is it just oh. the one? Well, now that I'm officially, uh, my marriage is officially annulled, as they say, uh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I think, I think I, you need I, to line up like five or six dates, mm-hmm. rank I'm them. I'm not doing the internet thing. I learned the hardware, Matt. I, I'm doing uh, only friends and family, word of mouth, blind dates. Okay, so if 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 you're listening and you have suggestions for Randy uh, for, Vike sixty nine, yeah, Randy Vike sixty nine on Twitter, send yeah. those suggestions and send photos too. By the way, for, uh, no masks I can, on. I got a photo on there of my tattoo. A lot of women like it. Oh, I bet for sure. Should we get to the studs table? Yeah, that's, that's the reason. You're getting a little too muddled in my, my personal life, Jeff, to be honest. Or Jim. Excuse me? Nothing. Nothing. Studs table time. Okay. This is a studs table for what was a really complete effort and a, a full team win. Uh, really never in doubt unless unless you don't understand strategy. But they, they had that game won numerous times, uh, including when it counted. So first of all, here's a guy who I talked about last last week, which, by the way, was also a stud stable. That was another stud stable. means we won two in a row. And this is a guy who's going to win Rookie of the Year, I can tell you that right now. And that's uh, Justin Jefferson. Jet, Jet, J-Jets, they call him. And he... He is really something. He can get separation. He can move around the field. He can. He breaks ankles, as they say. And uh, Justin Jefferson, going to go ahead and say, you are, I, last week I said you're not long in the tooth. Well, he's long in the jock. Justin Jefferson, you're stud. This is a, this is a family show, okay. It's a, it's a piece of equipment. Do you ever play softball? Uh, I, it's been a while. I used to. I hit my head and retired. You didn't wear, you didn't wear a jack? No, I did not. I played right center field. Randy, you don't wear a, a jack in right center field. You didn't have a cup? No. Well, okay. your fault, Phil. Why don't you ask Justin Jefferson if he wears a jack? Yeah, Dax, why don't, you, why don't you jump on a Zoom call and ask him? You know what? You guys want to talk about jacks? In, in, no, in no, no, no. <laughs> this, this is getting derailed again. We're good. Just keep going. We need the stable. Adam Thielen. Came back from the from the break, and boy, he looked great. I saw him pumping his fist in his living room, kind of throwing stuff around, doing chest bumps with his kids. It's good to see you back on the field, Adam, doing the chest bumps with the people that belong in the same huddle as you because you're in a huddle of studs. Finally, on the offense, I'd like to highlight Dan Bailey. What? Dan Bailey had, a, had some ups and downs. During that game, kind of like a lot of us, sort of like a, a, a metaphorical statement about life. As I've done some creative writing, we learn about metaphors. Well, Dan, that was a metaphor for the journey of life, and you f- finished that journey off with a big time kick right when it counted most, and you nailed it. You just absolutely nailed it. Game winner, Dan Bailey, you're stud. Over on the defense, Eric Kendricks was not. Anywhere on the field, I couldn't, didn't seem to make an impact at all. So in his absence, I guess, I don't know where he was, uh, I, I like to talk about a guy who really stepped up, really stepped up. And that's uh, Abeneni Fedebo. He got some pressures on that quarterback. Boy, he did he ever. And he got nasty, who? and he got loud. And he got, he's got a motor. Who was that? Abeneni Fedebo. He got eight pressures. Not familiar. Not yeah. What position does he play? He's a line. And what's his name again? Abademio Febbo. You guys know who he means. 
Randy, continue. I'll pull up the roster. Is there spelling bee? For, you're asking about Jeff's got your back, guys? Randy. I've got your back. You're talking about jocks, you know, and I'm talking about a piece of equipment. And now you're going to ask me to do a spelling bee? No, I just that's what? it. No more, no more stable. Oh, see? Oh, oh, wow! You two bozos blew it. We almost got through the whole stud stable. Abademi Igfedebo. Uh, not going to be not going to be playing defensive line here anymore. Not going, not going, uh, not going to work here anymore. Between Jefferson's jock and Oba <laughs> Obla di Obla da, you guys blew it. <laughs> Blew it! He got so close on that pronunciation there. He did so close. He did. It's amazing. All right. Well, that was uh, that was Randy and Cottage Grove's stud stable after a Vikings victory brings them back to five hundred. Does Does Randy know that now that he's divorced, he actually could go online and set up dates? Yeah. Like he, he said, he doesn't. He's doing he, this know, backwards. He said he got burned online well, with Ashley Madison, right? Because his wife found out, but now he's divorced. So actually, he could go. He'd be fine now. It'd be kind of nice to get uh, another dating perspective on this show, since I have to work with two married men, and I'm the only single person on this show. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, you and I'd Randy welcome, could. I'd welcome yeah. it. You guys ever consider trading notes, just trying to make no. each other better in that realm? Don't let not, peop- not yet. Don't let people down. Right? You could send right. your film to him. He could send his film to you, like sure. they do with high school football games. Yeah, little screenshots. Should he be that. dating during the football season? Like, yeah, I would think so. I think this, is like, the ha- this, this. is like his happiest time. Like, if it was, wasn't football season, he'd be depressed. And you don't want to be dating when you're depressed. But you want to be breaking down film. Like, we Tuesdays and Saturdays are for the boys, Judd. Right. We in have the NFL him. Season. Right. He's supposed to be breaking down film. Yeah. This feels wrong to me. Anyway, nice work, you guys. It's good stuff. All Couldn't right. even get through the whole studs table again. Let's, uh, let's pause quick and see if we can figure out how to get Pat on the show without <laughs> blowing a technological gasket today. Patrick James Royce, you can find him on our show, Rapping with Royce on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and Royce Unchained, the podcast. You guys also have Monday Night Sports Talk. You're a podcasting machine. Um, we haven't talked at all, Pat, yet about the 60 Minutes episode that came out on Sunday night, highlighting the cutting of Gophers, men's gymnastics, and other non-revenue sports. So, uh, the the floor is yours here. What were your what were your takeaways? I don't know if you saw the actual sixty minutes special, but what were your takeaways? Mark Coyle did not speak. He sent out a statement, and it's 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 been said that by cutting the three sports that they cut, they saved a whopping like one point six million dollars <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's what that's what I can't understand. And all of this is the uh, the the very tiny amount of money that they are saving. There's right now. There's actually 1.2 million dollars in the scholarship fund for tennis, the endowment fund. I'm sure there's endowments for the other stuff too. So uh, I just don't quite uh, quite get it. This is this is. They have problems, but uh, getting rid of uh, a, a couple of teams that don't really take up that many places. I think what they say there are 18 gymnasts. There's eight tennis players, so you're getting rid of tennis to 26. You know, I don't think uh, 60 minutes gave us their best effort, though, to you. They didn't. I don't think they worked this one as hard as they did most of them. Uh, Clemson cutting. Clemson, with the money they bring in for football, cutting track and field is probably a bigger story than the Gophers. Yeah, I mean, I think my main takeaway is, I so I, I, I sort of ride the fence a little on this in that, there can still be a club gymnastics team and there's like, there can be club sports and that's fine. Um, I want the football team and the basketball teams to be as good as they can be. Cause I want to see them succeed at the highest level. But I also agree with what you were tweeting the other night, which is the football team isn't supposed to be run as its own standalone business entity. The money that they bring in is also supposed to support non-revenue sports as it has for a hundred years. So is there a way to continue pumping resources into your football team and also give some of these other scholarship athletes that really it's not like their program is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bigger expenses on the football team uh, than, you know, a fall season of gymnastics or something in terms of dents to your financial profile. Is there a way to keep it all alive? And then the other thing that stood out from that interview with the gymnastics coach was they actually proposed some sort of a fundraising uh, save yes. the program thing, and Mark Coyle basically said, "No, we're good. We're just gonna we're just gonna say goodbye." Well, he told the tennis people to save an eight-person team; they would have to uh, endow it with 
15 to 18 million dollars so they could run it into in perpetuity uh i mean that's absurd right to uh you know to say that the only way we're going to keep having an eight person tennis team is if you come up with 15 million uh it's uh it's, i don't know they're just uh, i did like mike Boone's thing about uh, he, he thinks there's a playbook there for athletic directors, and they just take it down and say, "Okay, we got financial problems. Uh, this year we'll get rid of this, this, and this." Uh, but uh, you know, I do think that uh, Coyle should have went on TV and talked for 40 seconds and told them what he told them in the letter. What's wrong with that? And if they asked him a tough question, try to answer it. But uh, you know, I, I thought foolish but that's him that's his act he's not uh he's not a public outreach guy he's a private outreach guy and uh and that's that's the way that goes i guess yeah here's my problem with football i don't have any problem you know having a well-financed football team you've got to have one but you also should not have so many members on your staff that they can get more COVID cases than your players who have 115 of them you have too many staff when your staff's COVID outnumber your player COVID. That's my theory. Yeah. Hey, Pat, we're having some phone tech issues on this side that we need to figure out. And so um, I think we're just we're going to cut it short today with you, figure it out, and then we'll, we'll reconvene and uh, get more takes from you tomorrow. All right. All right, gentlemen. All right. We'll All right. See you, Pat. That's wrapping with Ricey. We're, ha- we're just having like some looping issues and stuff that no one listening cares about, but we'll get Pat back on tomorrow. We're trying to figure out cause we ha- we've had Pat in into our daily video streams the last few months, but then like inexplicably his, and it solved like all the issues with his bad phone. Cause people have complained about his phone quality and stuff for years and we solved it. But then his phone on the, str- on the video stream started echoing too. And it's like, oh, we'll figure it out. Getting, getting, Getting Pat to, to learn new technologies has been fun for us. It has. During the pandemic. It has. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Don't forget Daily Vikings Conversations on Purple Daily Podcast and YouTube channels. Our two YouTube channels are youtube.com slash scorenorthmn and youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. Also, the Score North app is free to download if you want one-stop shop for all of Judd's articles and all of our podcasts. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Write That Down Predictions. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.